Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to The World in 10, the big news stories of the day, explained and analysed by The Times of London, today with Cara Bentley and Stuart Willey. Yemen's Houthi rebel group have been attacking ships for months. Now there are worries the fight could move underwater. We unpack the risks and ask our correspondent how worried we should be. The Houthis in Yemen have kept up their attacks on shipping in the Red Sea. And today, at least two missile attacks have been reported on an American-owned cargo ship. And the rebels have boasted that the British-owned ship they hit yesterday could sink. That ship is the Ruby Mar. The Houthis say it suffered catastrophic damage. The crew, said to have abandoned ship after the explosion, they were rescued by another merchant vessel. The fight may now be heading underwater and the US military says it has destroyed an unmanned underwater vessel, the first time CENTCOM has seen such a weapon being used by the Houthis and it comes as a British think tank warns that internet cables could be the next target for Iran-backed groups. The report by Policy Exchange points to Houthi and Hezbollah social media posts that say their response to the Gaza war will turn to the subsea domain and that Houthis have had combat diver training. We heard from an author of the report, Marcus Solars Hendricks. We've arrived in a new, a new age of seabed warfare. One area of increasing concern now is around the Arabian Peninsula, where Iran and its uh, affiliated militias, particularly the Houthis, now have the means and the motivation to begin targeting cables in this area. The Bab al-Mandab in the Red Sea is one of the three global cable ch- choke points uh, where 16 cables path between Europe, Africa and Asia, um, one of which the AAE-1 in particular is 25,000 kilometres long. So if one of these cables suspiciously went bang in the night, uh, it would cause widespread disruption to all digital routes. And of course, that includes anything from WhatsApp between friends, to government email, emails, to even uh, intelligence reports um, between allies uh, across multiple continents. So the risks are very severe. Now, we can all imagine how quite frankly, rubbish it would be losing internet and phone connections. But how worried should we be about all this? We ask the Times' science editor, Tom Whipple. About $10 trillion of financial transactions happen every day. Almost all of that goes via the internet and almost all of that goes via undersea cables. And there really aren't that many 
undersea cables. 95% of all internet traffic is on 200 cables, which then often meet at these particular choke points as well, that are especially vulnerable. These cables are thin, long wires. For the main, they just sit on top of the surface of the sea floor. I think we're sort of familiar with Lawrence of Arabia's campaign in the Middle East, where he and the, the Arab tribes managed to continually sever the train line, lines of the Ottoman Empire. And this is sort of the same thing, the idea that these communications lines are stretched out over a vast distance. It's just impossible to protect. And it is so much easier to break them than to prevent people from breaking them. And that is the worry. The Houthis say their attacks are in solidarity with Palestinians. Now, an Israeli minister, Benny Gantz, says they'll invade Rafah by the start of Ramadan unless hostages are freed. The UN, aid groups and international allies have all cautioned against that offensive. The Muslim holy month, Ramadan, is just three weeks away. If you heard yesterday's episode, you will know that we looked into how Alexei Navalny might have died. He was the most prominent figure of the opposition movement against the Russian president, Vladimir Putin. And after suffering a poison attempt a few years ago, he died on Friday in the prison he was being held in. So that's Alexei Navalny. Let us now introduce you to Mrs Navalny or Yulia Navalnya. If your partner had just mysteriously died after years of being a vocal critic of a world despot, what would be your reaction? Well, this was Yulia's. She says there it shouldn't be her addressing them. It should have been someone else. But she says three days ago, Vladimir Putin killed this man. She appears strong. She kind of looks a bit like a TV newsreader. She's sitting at a table looking straight to the camera with her hands confidently clasped on the table. And despite the fact that her husband died three days ago, or maybe because he died three days ago, she looks determined. And that's certainly the message she wants to get across. She went on to say that she will continue her husband's work. She says, by killing Alexei, Putin killed half of me, half of my heart and half of my soul. But I still have the other half and it tells me that I have no right to give up. I will continue the work of Alexei Navalny, continue to fight for our country. She then urges other Russians to stand with her and share the rage. Now, the Kremlin has denied involvement in his death and has hit out at the West's reaction. Here's the government spokesperson, Dmitry Peskov. He's saying the investigation is underway, but there's no information yet, and that it's unacceptable to make obnoxious statements about Mr Navalny's death when there's no information. Earlier today, Navalny's mother and lawyers were not allowed into the mortuary where his body is thought to be, with Navalny's spokesperson saying one person was literally pushed out. Novaya Gazeta, a highly regarded opposition newspaper, has spoken to a paramedic in the ambulance service that serves the area of the prison who said they heard there was bruising on Navalny's body consistent with him being restrained while suffering a seizure or cardiac arrest. That source also said that no autopsy had been done, either by order or because doctors had refused to get involved. Yulia also said in her video that she thinks they are waiting for the nerve agent Novichok to disappear.
There's been an ongoing saga of whether Dan Ashworth will be hired by Manchester United or not. He's the director of football at the fellow Premier League team Newcastle at the moment, but wanted by Man U as part of their rebuilding project. That project's headed up by Sir Jim Ratcliffe, who will soon own 25% of the club. And today it's been reported that Newcastle wants £15 million for Ashworth if they're going to release him from the one-year, eight-month gardening leave that they've put on him when they found out he wanted to leave. The Times has also learned that Newcastle, the team, were furious at the manner of Manchester United's approach for him and immediately blocked any access he had to the club's computer programmes and scouting reports as they fear he has too much information about their strategy. Scientists in Japan are building the world's first wooden satellite and it could help reduce the amount of space junk orbiting our planet. Kyoto University and a forestry company have teamed up to build the satellite from magnolia wood. It'll be about the size of a coffee mug. Satellites are usually made of aluminium, but when they re-enter the atmosphere, they break up and leave fragments that can damage other space vehicles or even damage the ozone layer. By contrast, wood burns on re-entry, turning into biodegradable ash. Tests on the International Space Station found lumber stands up to the rigours of space pretty well. Without oxygen, it doesn't burn or rot, and it can cope with the zero-gravity vacuum. The team says the more sustainable Lignosat, the name of the satellite, could be launched into space in the middle of this year. We're deep into awards season and we're about to see who won last year's cinematic battle between Barbie and Oppenheimer, according to the film industry. Oppenheimer has 13 nominations at the Oscars in just under three weeks' time and Barbie has eight, both including Best Film. Well, the BAFTAs, the British version of the Oscars, might sometimes be seen as the precursor to the Oscars. However, Barbie wasn't even nominated for Best Film, leaving Oppenheimer to take the crown. Killian Murphy, who also won Best Leading Actor in London, last night told our reporter how he felt about this era for film i think it's a it's a great reflection on the state of cinema nowadays you know that this is a very complex very challenging three-hour r-rated movie about a physicist and about about a very kind of dark period in our history and that people came to see it uh in, in huge numbers and you know people meet me on the street like and say that they've seen the film five six seven times and like boys and girls, men and women, young and old, and that's kind of staggering and, and very humbling. But it's, I think it's, like I said, a great reflection on the state of cinema. And I think it's been a brilliant year for cinema, as we saw, I think, tonight. Now, with a Times digital subscription, you can find out whether it's the end of the black tie. Very few men wore them last night. There's also a story about how a prankster joined the Oppenheimer cast on stage to accept the award. Nobody noticed. Thanks for taking 10 minutes to stay on top of the world with the help of The Times of London. See you tomorrow. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.